Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I see you've had a little trouble with LSU and they're not letting you back on campus uh, for a couple seasons. Uh, if you do want to come spread some cash around, hey, we're always available, so keep us in mind. That's DM a, us. That's a good point, Boomer. Always ready to take some cash. Uh, also with Redcast Rob. Well, I'm now officially 0 for 1 on my uh, guaranteed pick of the weeks. Hey, Georgia, do me a favor. Next time you're going to pull the training wheels off into the third quarter of a game, could you just call me and let me know? <laughs> yeah, it was looking good for the first half, Rob. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You don't win first half bets, though, if you don't bet on just the first half. Produce- Thanks, Dave. Uh, also with producer Skip. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Skip, why are you so sad? Maybe we should uh, go over last week's bets and review those. Maybe that would cheer you. Oh, wait a second. Uh, is that why you're crying, Skip? One weekend, Dave, and one bad beat in the books. Didn't take long. Oh, yeah, I tell you, Skip, uh, producer Skip and I were golfing on Saturday, uh, early tea time getting one last round in, and uh, we were following the West Virginia-Kansas game, right, Skip? And yes, we were. It looked good for a little while. It did. I mean, uh, should we get into it now? Well, it looked good for you, Skip, but it didn't look good for me until special teams, folks. Yeah, and that's what cost me a bad beat. Betcast Bad Beat. Okay, so I had, as you know, my lock of the week, West Virginia minus 21.5 or minus 22.5, depending on. Well, they finally go up uh, by 28 with two minutes to play in the game. Okay, keep in mind, Kansas jumped out to a early 10-0 league on that fluke stuff like we talked about. Yes. You know, if you were to live bet a game. Uh, West Virginia starts the game with the ball. They fumble on the first third play of the game. So in their own territory, Kansas kicks a field goal, goes up 3 nothing. The A uh, couple series later, Kansas uh, scores on a 43-yard pass. Okay, so that's still uh, midway through the first quarter. Kansas is up 10 nothing. And then what does Kansas do the rest of the game? Only one first down. The rest of the game, they go punt, punt, interception, punt, interception, punt, 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 punt. Until West Virginia's finally covering, two minutes left, they kick off. Kansas takes it 92 yards to the house on the kickoff return to cost me my lock of the week. And that, folks, is what you call a bad beat. Betcast Bad Beat. Kansas put up 17 points with only two total first downs in the game, folks. (laughs) That's great. That is. Hey, Skip, and for the record, I uh, took the over on points on that game and was so sad because it was my first game of the day. I was just wanting to, to get a win on the board, see how my day was going, and sure enough, I was cheering. My son looked at me as we were driving in the car, and he's like, why are you so happy about this random game? And I said, I covered and then I had to explain to him sports betting. So now my 13-year-old son wants to know if he can open a DraftKings account, yeah. which I said no. Yeah, those, 
those uh, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain kickoffs can really uh, affect your mood for the day if you're betting on some of those games and they go your way or not. Record recap. Boomer, uh, how'd you do last week? Well, for entertainment purposes only, of course, I did pretty well, actually. I had two picks and uh, won both of them. The first one uh, had BYU to cover the spread at five and a half. They did that uh, quite readily by the end of the game. They ended up winning, I think it was, what, 43 to 26, so no worries there. Uh, the other one was the the Pitt-Miami uh, game, took the over at 48 and a half. That game, sluggish start to the offense, so I would expect it a few more points in the first half. Entered that fourth quarter, um, needed any score physically possible in the game of football, except for some weird one-point safety or something like that. So, was holding my breath there in that last Miami drive that took a lot of clock off, and then they ended up kicking a field goal. I was just waiting to be the first bad beat on for the year, you know, having them get blocked or something, and then, you know, Pitt trying to get a touchdown to win and failing. But, uh, nope, Miami came through in the field goal, got to 50 points in that game, so another over, so 2-0 start to the season. Nice job, Boomer. Nice job. I went uh, one and one, I believe. I one of my games canceled. Um, I did lose to Rob on the head-to-head with Boston College, uh, not covering um, against Virginia Tech. Oh no! And then I did get South Carolina over Auburn. That was a, a straight win. Um, I took the points and, and took that. Winner, winner. Uh, not not a bad start, but it could have been better. Yeah, I went two for three on my picks uh, last week, and um, <laughs> obviously Georgia did not uh, cover or, or win or do anything. So, um, you know what? You got to take chances sometimes in life, and that was one of them. Oh, um, no. No regrets or no regrets, as my tattoo says. Um, I did take Virginia Tech to um, cover over Boston College, which, like you said, um, and they did. So, na 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 na. And obviously, Kansas and West Virginia went over 52. Yep, yep. All right. Well, Rob got the first uh, head to head lock battle. So, we'll, we'll see if we have one of those this week. So, I'm, I'm sitting at 0 2. Uh, I also had a game canceled. So uh, my other one was pretty embarrassing, taking the Ole Miss total points line, and they just went to the middle of the football field and laid a giant turd. Oh, no. Yeah, that's about what it was, Skip. You're right. That was, that was, that was just a bad bet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, you know, you go and you, you score over 40 against Bama, and then the next week, I don't know what the SEC is doing anymore. Yeah. Mike Leach breaks records and then goes to 13 points and to zero points on offense. And then, you know, Ole Miss comes out firing, and now they look like they haven't played before. Yeah, you know, Skip, I mean, to your credit, you made a really good case that that was a very logical bet. You're like, I mean, Arkansas is horrible, right? Of course Ole Miss is going to score 38 and a half. Um, maybe Arkansas isn't that bad. It seems like Pittman really somehow has um, hit the the magic sauce there in, in Arkansas and, and has been playing at a much higher level than they have in what feels like years. So, um, but he still has last season's roster. I know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. All right. Well, we are looking forward to some Big Ten games this week, including, of course, Nebraska versus Ohio State. 
Um, Can you just say that one more time again, Dave? Just because, my God, this is just like heaven. I have not looked so forward to waking up on a Saturday morning as I am this Saturday in, well, it's been almost a year. So That is correct. Um, Because there wasn't much to look forward to last Nebraska season. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, It has been a year um, since, well, 11 months since uh, the day after Thanksgiving 2019 that we uh, have seen our beloved Cornhuskers take the field. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, Boomer, there's been a lot of line movement here on this game. Uh, Some of the very early uh, numbers showed, I think, a a spread of 21.5, which is about what... uh, we, we talked about last week on the show. And yeah, those were the look-ahead lines that were posted um, right. about Friday before last Saturday's games, Thursday yep. or Friday. And, but then it moved very quickly um, by Monday of this week to uh, up, to, I believe, 27.5, and, and now it's maybe back down to 26.5. So, Boomer, what do you take from that much line movement? Obviously, you know, a lot of people are putting money on Ohio State, or at least large bets anyway. Um, so, especially that rapid, I guess people thought that 21.5, you know, there's value there, thinking Ohio State can win by three touchdowns, and we all know that's not possible. They couldn't possibly do that against us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just a good example of line movement there, and, and it can have pretty large swings like that, even even on a spread that's fairly substantial to begin with. I mean, 21 and a half, not a small spread. It's one of the larger spreads we've seen against Nebraska in a while. So you're almost getting a full touchdown swing there. Yep, that's right. And Skip, what is the uh, the over-under at right now? Uh, the over-under is 67 and a half. That is also uh, probably the highest over-under in the Big Ten this week by, uh, I would say, a significant margin. Um, and so... We'll see where that goes as, as we get closer to game time, if there's a, move, a little bit more movement on that. Um, seems awfully high, but I also could see a lot of points scored in this game. So, so Skip, um, other ways to bet the game potentially, if you're looking to do so. Uh, total points for Nebraska or Ohio State, what are those numbers looking like? Total points for Nebraska uh, is 20 and a half. And if you remember, I called one of these numbers last week when I said... Um, total points line would come out i'm guessing they'll put it at either exactly 17 and a half nebraska or 20 and a half because they kind of want to be by that 17 number or 21 number which are common football scores to get a kind of get some line action so they're believing uh nebraska is going to be in that area uh so that was no surprise to me but uh on the other hand ohio state 47 and a half so that's where they're thinking these points are coming from in this game Wow, yeah, that's that's a big number. You know, when you have the most the most efficient quarterback returning in uh, college football, and you're playing a home game, I guess they think uh, it's not a stretch, right? Sixty yeah. touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, let's not forget who's under center there. Uh, they got a lot of continuity. Yeah, uh, and the most important position. You know, and I think that's why you saw all that line movement as well. Uh, Ohio State graded is an incredible team last year. If you remember, they won seven straight games by 24 or more points and was the first team to do that since Nebraska. In 95, right? Yeah. This was a dominant team. I believe that was the 71 Huskers. Oh, really? Yeah, seven straight points by 24 or more. People jumped on that. I mean, five points to move that quick is an incredible 
amount in a short amount of time. And a lot of times what that is is when you see big line movement that early in the week, that's generally sharps. What Vegas, the casino sports books refer to as sharps, are professional bettors whom they really respect. Sometimes there's a group of players that get together and combine their money and bet on these things. And so casinos get scared when they set a number early in the week, whether it's NFL, college, and they get some big bets from who they consider the professionals and good professionals, who they nickname the Sharps. They will think, oh no, we made a line wrong and we're very vulnerable right now. We got to bump that up a lot. We screwed up. We respect these bettors and they put a lot of money down. And that's why you could see a lot of line movement early in a week and so... If you're really sitting on a Sunday wondering what you think the line will come out for a game for next week, and you've got an idea, and it comes in way lower than what you think, you know, you want to jump on it on Monday, because as you can see, it jumped five to six points in some places in 24 to 48 hours' time. Yeah, all right. that's that's nice uh, inside look in uh, Vegas um, seven days before a game. Good stuff. The Big Ten, week ahead. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, talk about some of the other Big Ten games. Uh, Boomer, uh, have you been uh, looking at a few of these? Do you have any that stand out in particular to you that might be of interest to our listeners? Well, yeah, I've kind of looked at the Big Ten in general. My philosophy, you know, uh, approaching this week, especially with the Big Ten, is I would generally avoid all of them. Um, You know nothing about any of these teams at this point. Yeah, there was this whole off-season talk about you know which teams are mentally ready to play, which ones kind of wanted to take the season off. You hear those arguments. You've got a whole bunch of teams with new coaches. You have no clue, you know, what to expect out of any of them. You know how how much practice have these teams had? Wisconsin had to take what was it three weeks off of practice, basically in September. So who knows, you know, what kind of shape anybody's in, what kind of playbooks they've been able to in, you know institute. Um, but, you know, there's some interesting things out there. I think a lot of people, if you'd look at the game just on paper, you might be surprised at, uh, oh, Penn State, Indiana. Usually the spread on there is right about six, seven points, you know, most places that I looked at. And most people would assume it's Indiana. They're, they've beaten Penn State once in their history. But if you look at recent games, the last two seasons, Indiana's been about uh, seven points or six, you know, in their, in their losses to Penn State. So they have played them very close. You know, Penn State's had some major players not coming back this year and uh indiana again has some continuity at quarterback from last season so you know that's a possibility that might uh sneak up to people yeah you know skip uh another line that's kind of intriguing the big 10 is the uh, the michigan minnesota game which um is for the little brown jug um i think it's prime time if i'm not mistaken on saturday night and uh we have michigan as a, a slight favorite there what are you thinking about that one yeah, so you got uh, Michigan is a three-point favorite. Um, you know, I'm kind of leaning on Minnesota here, as much as uh, Honky would laugh at that. Uh, Michigan's starting a QB for the first time, Joe Milton, 11 career passing attempts, and he's got to go on the road. And I know the road is not the road as it is in normal seasons, right, with empty stadiums, but this is also not starting on the road. You know, most college quarterbacks in the Big Ten their first start is not on the road against a Big Ten opponent, right? It's probably at home against a couple warm-up games or things like that before they even get to Big Ten play. You know, so this is uh, something I'm really looking at that, 
yeah, Milton might be a great quarterback, but this is still going to be his first game, and he's doing it on the road in the Big Ten. Um, Michigan lost 10 players to the NFL draft. They had 10 players drafted. And uh, earlier this week, they just announced their losing receiver, star receiver, Nico Collins, uh, who will just be foregoing this season to go in the NFL draft. Um, that's essentially 11 drafted players from last year's roster uh, that are not around. And and let's not forget that Michigan didn't necessarily finish this year strong last year either with these incredible players. They got more than doubled up by Ohio State and Alabama to finish the year. Yes, both good teams, but they didn't even come within, they got doubled up. It's kind of intriguing to me, you know, Minnesota returns nine players on offense, and uh, then the weather, I think, will be a big factor. Uh, it's already snowed in really? Minnesota this week. <laughs> Go figure. Still expecting some more snow, and as you said, Dave, this is a 6.30 local time in Minnesota kickoff with a projected high in the day of 31 degrees, so it's going to be a less than 30 degrees Cold game before kickoff. I don't know if I could just see Harbaugh throwing out a quarterback who's never started in a very cold weather game and just have him tossing the the ball around all game. And so that that interests me on in the over under, which is 55. You know, I, I I could very well see a low scoring game between these two teams, especially given that the inexperience there, quarterback from Michigan and the. The cold weather. I mean, most pe- teams never start their season playing a game in under 30 degree weather, right? They've got four to six to seven games under their belt before they ever like have to get into that kind of stuff. So you got maybe a little bit of that rust, combine it with the cold weather. Um, I'm really kind of liking the under 55 in this game. And if I was going to pick a side, I would I would go with Minnesota. There, uh, anytime you can get a home underdog, that's a good pick. On top of it, when the visiting team is starting a quarterback for the first time, to me, kind of strengthens my home underdog pick. And you you might even see Minnesota get up to three and a half later in the week, and I would jump on that. Yeah, you know, Skip, it's, it's intriguing. It almost sounds like the wrong team is favored here. I mean, you look at last year's success at Minnesota, their home, all the issues with Michigan, and yet Michigan's still favored. It is, that is really an intriguing bet. Um Rob, uh, have you been looking at these Big Ten games? you have anything that's standing out to you? I have. I Actually, my lock of the week, if we're going to go there, Dave, um, I'm taking Michigan State at, um, I got it at minus 12.5 over Rutgers. Um, and really? I, yes, I did. Early on in the week, it was at minus 12.5, and, and so I locked it in at that. And I'm looking at the, um, since, well, first of all, Rutgers hasn't beat Michigan State since 2004. Um so if you're just going to bet the money line on that, then I guess, you know, whatever, you're not going to get much of a return on it. But um, last year they beat them 27 nothing. Uh, the year before that, it was a better better game. They, uh, Michigan State still won 14-10. But the years before that, 40-7, to 49 nothing, 31-24, 45-3. Now the over-under on this is 44.5. I'd be weary of that because, like everyone is saying here, um, we don't know how many points these guys are going to score. The weather's not going to be the greatest there in the Northeast coming up here uh, this weekend. But at 12 and a half, I'm feeling pretty confident that Michigan State is going to cover. That's intriguing. You know, because I as Mac would one. say, it's Rutgers. That's intriguing, Rob, because uh, I, I see what you're where you're coming from. But Michigan State has a brand new coach who didn't get there till like February. No spring practice. They had COVID issues and were quarantined for a long time. 
Um, so just from a coaching standpoint, Rutgers has Greg Schiano, more experienced head coach, back in a familiar environment, one that he had been in previously. Um, it's it's that I understand where you're coming from, but uh, that Michigan State team is not the same this year as they have been the last you know five, six, seven years. So uh, we'll see. I agree, Dave. It's still Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things I was looking at when you were talking Big Ten and, and possible picks. Is you know, it's always you always think it's safe to bet against Rutgers, but then for all the reasons you said, Dave, it's there's a lot of questions there. So then your next fallback yeah. on that would be, okay, who's Maryland playing? And well, they're playing Northwestern, another team with a lot of questions. So the, the Big Ten didn't make it easy to start this week. There's a lot of a lot of question marks. You could look at like Iowa and Purdue. I mean, you've got Iowa with a lot of contentious offseason issues how distracted are they going to be you've got purdue with, hey we got rondell moore back but now our coach has covid so it's just there's all these things that kind of that make these games a challenge to pick and yeah. part of the fun i guess yeah, if you one. look at yeah. you look at that northwestern maryland there's a three-point line movement there from eight to eleven northwestern uh being favored and um i, I that's when i just look at Historically speaking, how often does Northwestern blow out a team, right? I mean, not that often. So um, that will be an intriguing one, too. I mean, for all these reasons we're talking about, it's tough to bet on Big Ten games here in this very first week. It is. Uh, you know, one thing in the off season I was really looking to fade was Michigan State and CU very early, you know, University of Colorado, because they had a very late coaching changes between them. Uh, Mel Tucker... He was hired February 12th to coach Michigan State. I mean, that's when teams are starting spring football. Um, And so to me, that was a great way. Like, they're behind the eight ball. Great team to bet the season total under. Especially look at them in their first games, uh, bet against them. You know, and the same for CU. They didn't hire a coach until February 23rd. And so I was really excited to see uh, who Michigan State was going to play first and what the line was going to be, and they drew Rutgers, <laughs> like you're saying, because uh, I really was ready to bet against them no matter the case. Um, they're also returning the fewest starters in the Big Ten, I believe. Um, I really wish that number was about Rutgers 17.5, or I would have jumped on that right away. Um, it is Rutgers, and it's hard to ever put any of you hard-earned money on a team like Rutgers. You can't ever feel good about it. Well, jumping back to the Northwestern game, too, I'm looking at them. They're minus 11, and then you go back and you look at last year's results for Northwestern, right? And everything is lost, 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 lost for all of their Big Ten games, right? And I'm thinking, like, where do they get off having a, a, a minus 11 spread, you know, 11-point spread to start the season – Oh, it's against Maryland, <laughs> right? And, I mean, the one game where we all kind of got a glimmer in our eye last year of hope, and I was actually at your house last year, Skip, um, for this game was the Maryland game, Nebraska-Maryland, and Nebraska just blew the doors wide off of uh, of Maryland's uh, car there, I guess you could say. And, and uh, I, yeah, so I don't know. It's It's such a weird, like you said, it's a weird season. Like, I don't even know that I would ever take Northwestern at 11 points over anybody. Yeah, on the Purdue-Iowa note, I, I want to share the many similarities I see in all the reasons I gave uh, for Minnesota, leaning on Minnesota over Michigan. You know, Purdue is also a home underdog against a team, Iowa, who's starting new quarterback, first start, and has the exact same amount of career uh, passing attempts 
is Joe Milton. He has 11, and that would be Spencer Petrius. 11 attempts, and he's starting, once again, on the road in the Big Ten. Couple, couple that with all the turmoil at Iowa this offseason. It's a good time to bet against him on the road with a uh, first-timer starting. And I do know that um, Jeff Brom will be absent uh, coaching the sidelines of Purdue. But uh, the man in charge there is his brother, Brian, who is the co-offensive coordinator. So, so I do kind of feel a lot better about that. Purdue maybe has the best wide receiver tandem in the Big Ten they are hush-hush about who is going to play at quarterback for him, uh, allegedly announcing that they're not going to name a starter until Saturday morning, you know, to keep Iowa from game planning anything. But both Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell, they both have career starts under their belts, which I feel much more confident about than Spencer Petrius. So, you know, anytime you can get, once again, I'll say it again, a, a home underdog getting points uh, against a quarterback who's making his first start on the road i'll play those percentages and i'll play those odds and i'll bet purdue and minnesota this week and dave uh to go back on that minnesota did open as the favorite ah, minus one and really? a half i thought so and then that jumped up to three and a half uh within two days and it's sitting at three on michigan so i also like that i, I like a lot of times I get really nervous in gambling when the team you're betting on, that money, that line keeps moving up and up. Bad things happen. I feel like that one loses, you know, 70 to 90% of the times. And it's <laughs> better to be on the other side of that, right? Um, everyone's believing in Michigan and Minnesota gets that play, the look at us. No one believes in us guy card again at home. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and, I mean, Iowa Purdue is intriguing. The the over under is fifty two and a half. I'm looking at right now. Iowa is loaded at the skill positions: wide receiver, running back, um, and that might help uh, Spencer Petrius as a first time starting quarterback. I know. I'm sure all the Iowa fans that are listening to the the betcast will tell us that they have high hopes for um, the, their new quarterback, and that Nate Stanley isn't anything to be. Um, compared against right so we'll we'll see where that goes um but um i think we'll know a lot more about the big 10 after this first week and um i'm sure we'll start laying some some more big 10 bets can you get some uh, prop bets on how many times iowa punts from inside the purdue 35 <laughs> what's the over on that one boomer oh <laughs> uh, let's say a two and a half yeah yeah that sounds about right especially if the weather's bad great stuff guys uh looking forward to the big 10 play this week uh, let's see and, and learn a little bit about the Big Ten, uh, and hopefully we'll have some, some Big Ten bets coming up. All right, guys, let's head over to our School of Continuing Education and um, learn a little bit more about uh, betting and all the ways you can potentially win and lose money on, on football games. And, uh, Skip, I'm, I'm looking at our uh, list here, and you want to talk about shopping the lines. Is this like going on to Amazon and, and getting a good price? What are you talking about? Right, free shipping. Uh, no. so, <laughs> I'm a Prime member. Does that give me a better right. deal? Shopping the line is a term meaning you're going to, if if you have an account on multiple websites like FanDuel and DraftKings and at BetMGM, you know it's before you make a bet, you go to all three sites and see if there's a line difference. Uh, for example, right now on FanDuel, Iowa is a minus two and a half point favorite whereas they're a minus three-point favorite on DraftKings. So if you like Iowa to win, you should put that bet on FanDuel because a field goal will win you money as opposed to pushing on DraftKings. And likewise, vice versa. If you like Purdue, don't take that 
plus two and a half point line because they lose by a field goal, you no longer push, lose your bet. So shopping the lines is a term to go around and see what is better on different sites. Uh, you'll find over-unders different. You'll find maybe an over at 67 on a site, and you might find it at 67 and a half. Make that line work in your favor however you can, so at least you push, or maybe it, you turn yourself into a win by just getting a better number by logging into a different place. Much harder to do if you're actually sitting in a casino and you're trying to go to brick and mortars to walk across the street and then a walk next door, but uh, in this age where you can do it all from your couch, be a better consumer and uh, it's like going to Google Shopping and find who's selling that pair of shoes for a cheaper price. But cardio is important though, so if you if you are a listener that yeah. has access to multiple casinos, or do, get some do air. while you're on your treadmill. There you go. While yep. you're on your treadmill, shop I mean, if you're in Las Vegas. If you're in Las Vegas, walking across the street to a casino is essentially a mile walk anyway. That's that's right. how you shed with a the... lot of distractions in between. <laughs> very true, very true. Well, uh, Skip, let's talk about a few other things. Uh, I think we mentioned this last week, but um, you know, there's a lot of other ways you can place uh, bets and and to maybe find advantages like buying points, for example, and or doing that first half total. But sometimes those aren't always available, at least right away, right? Yes, and that's something we forgot to mention last week, but very important. So when we talk about a team total like we did today, Nebraska, 20 and a half points for Ohio State, that wasn't available till this morning. They don't post team totals till generally Wednesday on a Saturday game, and you're not going to be able to buy points until probably 48 to 24 hours within a kickoff of a game. Um, and you won't see first half lines posted until about 24 to 48 hours as well, because a lot of times... They're trying to get that number to settle first, right? They're not putting that stuff out early like they are the early lines. They want to see where that line movement goes before they go, okay, this is kind of what the line's looking like. It might close at, so now we will make a first half line based on that total game line. Don't get discouraged if you're out there trying to find that uh, on a Tuesday. Like, why can't I find the first half line? Why can't I find the Nebraska team total? It's just not going to probably be there yet. Those are things that are posted later. Betcast, best bets. All right, uh, Rob, um, I, I, th I think you've got at least two or three picks ready to fire, right? I absolutely do, Dave. Um, Let's hear them. All right. So right off the bat, um, when the line moved on Nebraska to uh, 27 and a half, I took that right away because I think Nebraska's going to cover that. I just I feel this fire in the players, and I, I just don't think they're going to allow themselves to lose by that much. I'm not guaranteeing. Rob, betting with emotion, always I'm wise. Not, well, and I never bet on my teams. Um, I just I just don't see 27 and a half as, as – I don't think Nebraska's going to win this week. I'll just go on record as saying that. But I don't think they're going to lose as badly as what those odds are giving us. Um, I also have Michigan State to cover. Like I said, that's my lock of the week at 12 and a half is what I took them at and was able to, to get them at. Um, and then I went off the Big Ten there, and um, I'm taking uh, Skip's advice, and I'm always betting against Kansas until proven otherwise. Um, well, never mind. Skip lost that one. Um, but <laughs> but you won but with Kansas last I did week, win with right? Kansas, and that was on the over, though. So um, thank you on that special teams touchdown at the end there. But I took Kansas State at 19.5 this week because I just don't see um, – Kansas State floundering as much as West Virginia did to start that game. So K State to really? cover. I mean, they did 
put up two first downs uh, last week. You sure you're not scared of that mighty Jayhawk offense? No. Some would say that's progress, Skip. <laughs> um, well, I mean that's that's sound reasoning, Rob. So I, that, that's a that's a good one and a, a mental note. I'll I'll take a look at that K State line. Uh, Boomer, what are you looking at this week? Well, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, there, I, I'm avoiding the Big Ten like the plague because we don't know anything about anyone yet. Um, Rob kind of mentions the whole Nebraska scenario. And you brought it up, Dave. I never really bet on teams that I'm emotionally invested in. If anyone, if any of our loyal listeners to the Redcast know how how our predictions go there when we're picking emotion Husker games, yeah, you see how well our picks have gone there over the years. But uh, so, if for entertainment purposes only, we certainly I, I would avoid Nebraska, especially early on. You just you might think you know them, maybe you do. Your judgment might be clouded because you like all the players, you like the guys. It's just hard to to be rational with those kind of picks. And I wasn't really excited with too many of the other games this week. It's just kind of a hodgepodge of random ACC games that I don't trust anybody. I don't know what to expect out of, like, Notre Dame. Can they score points? Can UNC bounce back from a disappointing loss? So what I'd call this week, you know, I'm taking that risk-averse approach and just kind of padding the bank account a little bit. Um, so what I what I had looked at this week was just a three-team parlay on basically what I'd call sure things. Uh, straight money line bets. you got to take Alabama to beat Tennessee. Um, earlier this week, I was able to find Clemson at a, at a ridiculous money line, but it doesn't matter. They're just there to bump a parlay up a, a few pennies. Um, <laughs> that line's that uh, has been pulled from a lot of sites. You can't even get a money line anymore because they have a. It's they're a forty-six point favorite or so over Syracuse, but uh, it was about a like an eighteen thousand, you know, a minus eighteen thousand for Clemson earlier this week. So if you can get it early enough, you can get something like that. You add that in there, and then K State over Kansas. That was a you know minus ten fifty money line. You add all three of those up, a $100 bet gets you about $18, $18.5. If you couldn't get Clemson, you could slop them out, add in BYU, and it bumps it up a little more. That's a $20 return on a $100 bet. Heck, if this is you know, Wall Street, you take that uh, return any week. So basically free money, bank it, and use it next week when you got, you're going to have some more fun. So. I like it. I like it. Uh, nice approach there, Boomer. You know, um, There's always risk there. It's $100 you're putting out. And so one of them um, fails. Let's say you could have done something similar like this in week one and took um, LSU, and and where would you be at, right? Right. So, That's why you don't do it um, week one. That's why you don't do this with a Big Ten team. You kind of know what you're looking at with these programs. Oklahoma so, yeah. losing. Right? Yeah, Oklahoma. That well, could have been a sure thing. Yeah, Oklahoma was at TCU this week, and I thought about that, but yeah, yeah. Iowa State was a big week one yep. loss too. So, a big spread. Yeah. yeah. But, Point is, is that. Um, I, this is a good strategy potentially, um, but there's always a larger risk that I mean one game can can put you in a, a pretty significant hole. But to um, to Boomer's point and maybe some to our education earlier, Skip, if you can't find Clemson on money line like this, maybe you could actually find them find that an alt, at a alternate spread that maybe returns a little bit better, but you still feel really good that they're definitely going to cover by 28 or something like that, you know. Yeah, so Dave, uh, looking at that game right now, you can buy Clemson down. The lowest you can buy it down to is 36.5 for Clemson to win. So you're getting 9.5 points lower than the spread, uh, but that's going to give you a um, a minus 315 return, which is uh, much better than that minus 5,000. <laughs> that's was, right. Or however big. That's right. Um, they do got to cover a chunk, but... Uh, that is, that's a great idea, Dave, of a, a way you can play it. 
All right, good stuff. Uh, Skip, um, let's see if you can bounce back from last week. What are you looking at now? I'm going to take uh, Purdue. And I'm going to buy them up to three and a half. They're at you're three. Going into the Big Ten waters. All right. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to bet, uh, bet against uh, one of these um, rookie quarterbacks, essentially, on the road. Um, I'm also going to bet this This will break Honky's heart uh, on Nevada. The Wolf Pack. The Mountain West is also starting football this week. CSU, my alma mater, their game against New Mexico was canceled due to COVID. I was really looking forward to betting on that one. But I'll take Nevada uh, playing Wyoming. They're getting four and a half. They're a home underdog, and they're returning 17 starters along with their quarterback. So I'm a little surprised they're the underdog at home there with four and a half. So I'll take Nevada plus four and a half. I'll take Purdue plus three and a half. And uh, I'm going to go with the home team here, folks. And I'm going to take Nebraska over 20 and a half points. And I'll kind of tell you why. Scott Frost, the big thing people are forgetting about, has had five weeks to game plan specifically against Ohio State. That's as much time, if not more, than a bowl game. No Big Ten coach has ever gotten that opportunity to have this long to game plan against one Big Ten team. It's a very unique idea here and especially with a veteran running back offensive line and quarterback coming back in his favor to game plan for five weeks to throw something at ohio state who also their weakest biggest question mark is their defensive line uh, where they have the least returning starters is somebody on their defense i gotta think no matter the spread how how big we get blown out or not he's gonna find a way with that veteran offense to put up 21 points with five weeks to prepare. So I think he's going to find a way around that, and I'm going to bet over 20 and a half on Nebraska. Is that your lock of the week, Skip? That's going to be my lock of the week, guys. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. All right, um, my picks of the week. Um, I was starting off with, uh, I believe, Friday night game. Tulsa, 10 and a half points um, over South Florida. I, I think Tulsa's a way better team than South Florida. South Florida is awful. Uh, Tulsa had the week off last week because of the COVID issues with Cincinnati. So I think they'll be ready, and I could see that as an easy cover, a 10 and a half. Um, also looking at uh, Oklahoma TCU, the over is a 59 and a half. I'm taking the over on that one. Uh, I just don't even understand why that number is so low, but how is that in the have a five? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think it six, actually was higher and it's come down. Oh, wow. So um, I like that one a lot. And then, um, you know, Alabama versus Tennessee. Uh, it was opened at 19 and a half. It's now 21. Um, I still think they're going to blow the doors off of Tennessee, who's scrambling right now. They've lost multiple games in a row and they're kind of falling apart. Um, quarterback positions, real question there with. Um, with Tennessee, so Alabama 21. And finally, we got Redcast fan Jeremy uh, going by Vegas Jer now, uh, who is trying to audition to be on this show. We told him I would give him a shot. Uh, He used to live in Vegas, goes there a lot. So last week, he submitted his three picks. He went 3-0. He had BYU over Houston, San Francisco 49ers over the Rams, throwing in a NFL pick, and the Georgia-Alabama over. Uh, So right now he's hitting 100%. We told him he's got to hit about 65% after a handful of weeks. So this week 
He is picking Minnesota, plus three and a half. The LSU-South Carolina game, over 55 points. And Wisconsin and Illinois, over 51 points. And uh, I want to give a quick look-ahead line. Um, Dave posted the first week of the Pac-12 lines, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, two of my biggest off-season ideas were to bet against Michigan State and CU, given their extremely late and chaotic coaching changes with CU not getting a coach till February 23rd. Uh, they open the season against UCLA, and you can get UCLA right now on sites like DraftKings as a six-and-a-half-point favorite against CU. I am betting against CU, and that mess they got going on there with an inexperienced team and a complete late add of a mess of a coach. Uh, UCLA's just got to win by a touchdown. I already put a, a good chunk on uh, UCLA. Uh, get that while it's early before that spread goes up all right that's good stuff skip uh csu colorado state uh their game got canceled actually so you can't put any action on them this week but maybe uh, in a future week you'll be looking at the rams so uh, you think they might be able to win you some money this year i hope so uh even if they lose the game <laughs> i know a lot of people don't like to bet on their teams you know and i don't know what your guys' stance but you could fill me in here i never have a problem with that i mean I don't know any teams more than my own team. I think that's always how I perceive it as a problem because I'm biased, right? And I I mean, I just also simply could not bet against Nebraska, even if my the logic tells me right, because I don't want to ever be in a situation. I don't know. It's not worth any dollar amount to win to actually be rooting against Nebraska to score a certain amount of points or anything like that, because I some reason took them to, to not cover or whatever. I just, I, I couldn't do it. So it's just not worth it for me from a fan perspective to ever do it. Well, for me, if I just see something that's so far off, I'll, I'll bet on CSU, but I'll bet against them, like playing Boise State. You know, one of, the big, <laughs> one of the biggest ones I've ever had in my life was I couldn't believe how small Boise State was to come into Fort Collins and beat us. And I, hey, I'll take the upset. That's always greater than the money. You know, I'm not betting sure. a house here. But uh, it's nice to have a little uh, take-home money after you get murdered. No, I understand. Uh, understand. It it, it eases the pain. Ease the pain. It'll pay for your beer money to sit through the game. Um, But to me, I don't watch more film and know more about the players, the injury status, the improvements, the decline, than I do against the teams I watch the most, the Broncos, the Rams, the Huskers, and I keep abreast of their opponents and their conferences the most. So to not try to take all that information, I can't be a more informed better than I am on those teams, so I might as well try to make something on it instead of being least informed and putting money elsewhere. All right, thanks, Skip. Don't forget, don't bet what you can't bet. Bet responsibly. Uh, If you need help, get in touch with the National Council on Problem Gambling. Uh, They have a helpline network, 1-800-522-4700, or you can go online and find some resources and chat with somebody there at ncpgambling.org. Well, uh, great show, guys. Uh, I think I picked up a few games. I'd like to put a few bucks down on myself. Uh, But for now, let's call that a Go Big Betcast.